Because of coronavirus, a lot of families that would normally fly somewhere on their family vacation have decided this summer to drive somewhere. And it reminds me of when I was a kid, my dad would plan these driving vacations that would be so long. I mean, we would drive and drive and drive. He would plan vacations to places like the Grand Canyon, to Yellowstone National Park, and he would plan it all out, and we would load up the wood sideboard station wagon the night before and just pack it full. There'd be hardly any room for the three kids in the back seat. And then we would leave the next morning while it was still dark. I mean, it wasn't the crack of dawn. It was still dark, and we would head out. But before we would leave, he would make sure that the gas tank was full and our bladders were empty. And then we would drive and drive and drive until... The gas tank was empty and our bladders were full. And we wouldn't stop until that happened. I mean, he would just drive and drive. You know, he had this goal to make good time. And these driving vacations lasted forever. And I remember that it was so miserable in the back seat with my brother and sister and I that we would just fight, constantly fighting. And it was back in the day when you didn't wear your seatbelt or didn't even have a seatbelt. It was no big deal. I mean, it was just every man for himself, Lord of the Flies back there on a family vacation, and you'd just be fighting and wrestling and then no video games to keep you entertained. You just, you know, I mean, it was just crazy back there. And then my dad would make this threat. Don't make me pull over this car. Don't you kids make me pull over this car. And we knew it was a hollow threat because he would never pull over because he wouldn't be making as good time. And he, we knew that he would just keep going. There's no way that he would slow down. And I remember how... My mom then would portion off the back seat into three sections. And she would say, just pretend there's an imaginary line and each of you kids has a section. I don't want you to cross your imaginary line. You stay in your section. Keep your hands to yourself. And my little sister would take her chubby little hand and put it right next to my imaginary line. In fact, I felt like she would always put it over my imaginary line. And then she would just kind of do this with her fingers as if she didn't really know what she was doing, but she knew what she was doing. It was driving me crazy. And finally, I would just hit her, and she would yell, Mom, Carrie, hit me, and things would just go crazy. And my dad had this amazing gift from God where he could actually take his belt off while he was driving. <laughs> and then he would just start going to the back seat. He never really hit any of us, but um, he would try to push each other up, up in front. Now, I know that's on tape now. Um, you, you see, those vacations were amazing. I mean, we went to some unbelievable places, and we had so much fun, but those car trips, that was miserable. My brother and sister and I are still in counseling over the car trips right now, but um, still getting over that. But there's a question that we would always ask that must have driven them crazy. You know, I look back, and I think how hard that was for us, but now I know how hard it was for them. And I can't believe they actually did that because we would always ask that question, are we there yet? No, it's eight hours to go. Are we there yet? You know, 10 minutes later, are we there yet? No, are we there yet? That was the question we always asked because as a kid, it just felt like we were driving forever. We would never get to our destination. As a kid, you can lose hope so quickly. And by the way, one of the signs of maturity is you hold on to hope when you feel hopeless. That's a sign of maturity, but as kids, I mean, you could just lose hope so quickly. You know, it was like 
Christmas will never come. It's December 24th. It's the longest night of the year. I mean, you just lose hope so quickly as a kid, and you wonder, will we ever get there? Have you ever asked God that question? God, are we there yet? Are we ever going to get there? Will I ever get through this? Is it always going to be this way? God, are we there yet? I mean, you're walking down a really difficult road and you're wondering if you're ever going to get through it. If you're ever gonna get to that destination and you're beginning to lose hope. I have a friend who's told me that when he was a kid, his parents decided to take the family on a driving vacation from the Midwest all the way to California and they got to Death Valley in California and the car broke down. And he said, Carrie, I I thought it was miserable just having to ride in the car that long with my family, but it was even more miserable getting out of the car when the car broke down because it was 110 degrees outside and it seemed like the tow truck would never get there. We waited for hours and he said, as a child, I literally thought we weren't going to survive. I literally thought this was the end and there's no way we're gonna survive until someone comes and rescues us. It was traumatizing. It's in the death valleys of life where hope dies. Maybe today you've had a dream that's died and you started to lose hope. Maybe it's a business that's died, a relationship that has died, a loved one who has died. You see, it's in the death valleys of life that hope dies. And you don't know how to get your hope back. You don't know if you'll ever get that hope back again, that song of hope in your heart? Well, I want you to know when you feel hopeless, when you feel like hope is dead, God's not dead. When you feel like all hope is gone, God's not gone. He's still there and he is hope. And God loves to take us from the valley of hopelessness to the mountaintop of hope. We all feel hopeless at times and it's okay. There are times when you're going to feel hopeless in life. There are times when you're gonna walk through the valley of hopelessness. But God wants to take you from that valley of hopelessness to the mountaintop of hope. We're gonna look at a powerful vision that God gave the prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament, a vision of hope. When the people of Israel felt completely hopeless, God gives Ezekiel this vision of hope, this vision of hope of restoration, this vision that it's not all over yet. It was in 600 BC and Israel and Judah were in Babylonian captivity. Babylon had conquered Judah and Israel and had taken many of the Hebrews back as exiles in Babylon. And the people were losing hope. Think about all they lost. They lost their capital, Jerusalem, completely destroyed and ransacked. They lost their king, he was captured. They lost their temple. It was burned to the ground. But most of all, they had lost all hope. They felt like hope was gone, that their nation would never be restored again. You see, they'd lost total hope that God was even around. But God raises up the prophet Ezekiel, and God gives him this vision of how he's gonna restore and bring hope back to the nation. And he takes Ezekiel in this vision to a valley of dry bones, And then he tells Ezekiel to prophesy over the dry bones, to prophesy life. And here's what happens in Ezekiel 37. Would you stand in honor of God's word, Woodlands Church, and follow along with me? 
wherever you are. Maybe you're worshiping today in your home, and that's wonderful. We have people all over the world, thousands, worshiping with us in their homes. And I'm so glad you're connected with us, whether it's at the Woodlands campus or at Tassacita campus or in your home. Doesn't matter. As long as you're connecting in worship, that's what matters. And that's what you're doing. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies. But they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke this message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord and that I have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Dear Lord, we thank you that you've spoken today. You've spoken your word of hope over us, and you sing your song of hope over us today. So I pray that you continue to speak to our hearts, Lord, that you would show us how you want to take us out of the valley of hopelessness to the mountaintop of hope, that you have a purpose and you have a plan. I pray for everyone, Lord, who's starting to lose hope, for everyone, Lord, who's feeling hopeless, feeling like they'll never get to a place that's better than normal, that they'll never get back to normal, that you would just show them that you have a purpose and a plan, that whenever you allow us to go to the place that's worse than normal, it's always so that we'll never go back to normal again, and you can take us to a place that we've never been. It's time for breakthrough, Lord. We know that. We need that. We thank you, Lord, that you're gonna do a mighty work today through your word, and you're gonna break through barriers and problems, and you're gonna heal hurts. You're gonna do miracles in our midst over the next few moments in lives and families and relationships. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. God says to Ezekiel here, and really focus in on this. He says, this vision is for the people of Israel. This vision is all about the people of Israel because they've all been saying, we are like old, dried out bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. You you see, they had lost all hope. They felt like all hope was gone. And God gives Ezekiel this vision that is a vivid image of complete hopelessness. I mean, I can't think of any visual picture that would seem more hopeless than a valley of Millions upon millions of human bones dried out and bleached in the sun, scattered as far as the eye could see. What a picture of hopelessness and death in this valley of hopelessness that stretched for miles. It was only 
death. What a hopeless vision. But no image, no matter how vivid, could really describe how the people of Israel truly felt hopeless. It couldn't really describe how lifeless they really felt. It couldn't describe how dead they really felt. How they really felt like there was no hope. They felt like there was no hope for the nation ever to be restored again. They felt like there was no hope for their families. That there was no hope for their future. Have you ever felt like that? That there's no hope because it'll always be this way? You see, they felt like there was no hope because they felt like nothing will ever change. It will always be this way. It's not going to get better. It's always gonna be this way because we're in this place where we're stuck and so nothing's ever gonna change. And they lost hope. Have you ever felt like that? That nothing's ever gonna change. It's always gonna be this way. And you ask God, will I ever get through this depression? Will I ever get over this problem? Will I ever heal from this hurt? Will we ever heal in our marriage? Or or maybe it's, will I ever get married? Or will we ever have kids? Or will the kids ever leave home? I mean, we all get in these places where we wonder, is it always gonna be this way? And we start to lose hope, but when you feel hopeless, when you feel all hope is gone, remember, God's not gone. He's still there. When your hope is dead, God's not dead. He's still alive, and he is hope, and he's our only hope. And that's what Ezekiel and the people of Israel found out, that God was their hope. So what do you do when you're walking through the valley of hopelessness? with three powerful things that we see here with the prophet Ezekiel. First, hold on to God and grieve your losses. Hold on to God and grieve your losses. When we face pain and loss, usually we run from it. We anesthetize ourselves because we don't want to feel bad. We don't want to feel sad. We don't want to feel pain. We want to be happy all the time. But that sadness and that grief is part of the healing process. God puts Ezekiel face to face with his loss. And in Ezekiel 37, verse one, it says, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Now he doesn't say that God gave him a quick glimpse of a hopeless situation and then said, Ezekiel, I don't want you to think about that anymore. Just think about the positives. He doesn't say that God just showed him this flash of devastation and death and hopelessness, and then it was over. No, he says that God took him all throughout the valley of dry bones. I believe so he could come face to face with the hopelessness of the situation. See, God wanted him to see the true hopelessness of the situation so that he would turn to the only one who you can truly hope in, so that he could see that God was the only one who could bring hope out of the hopelessness. I think sometimes that God wants us to see the true hopelessness of our situation without him, so that we'll turn to him finally and put our hope totally in him instead of those things that will never hold us 
when life tries to tear us apart. Because if you're holding on to anything other than Jesus Christ as your hope, you're gonna be let down. It's not gonna hold you together when life tears you apart. It's only when you feel hopeless that hope matters at all. Think about that for a moment. It's only when you feel hopeless that hope really matters. And because if you feel hopeful today and if you're filled with hope, your circumstances look hopeful, you feel hopeful, everything seems hopeful, then you have no need for hope. It's only when you feel hopeless that hope matters. It's a powerful virtue only when you feel hopeless. And so sometimes God will allow us to be in these hopeless situations and he'll show it to us up close and personal where we see how hopeless it is so that we'll turn to him, the only one who can fill us with hope. See, if you don't realize you're in a hopeless situation, you'll never reach for hope and hope has a name, Jesus Christ. As long as you put your hope in something other than Christ, you'll have a false hope that won't hold you when life lets you down. And the fact is, folks, we're always in a hopeless situation. We just don't realize it. We're always in a hopeless situation without hope, Jesus Christ. But if you're a Christ follower, you have hope who lives inside you through his Holy Spirit, and so you have hope. There's no hopeless situation, really, if you're a Christ follower, because you have hope. The problem is we place our hope in a lot of things other than Christ. And so many times, God will allow us to come face to face with our situation. And we'll see, this is hopeless. And God says, yeah, that's right. Without me, it is. But you have me. And we turn to the only one that we can truly hope in. And maybe today, you feel very hopeful. Maybe today, your circumstances look really hopeful. Maybe today, everything seems hopeful. But if you don't have Christ, you're in a hopeless situation. If you don't realize how much you need him, you need him for every single breath. That's the true fact of our situation, is that we need God for every single breath, every day, we just don't realize it a lot of times. But the good news is, he's right there. So he shows Ezekiel this image of hopelessness. And it's so interesting that Ezekiel begins the whole passage by saying, the Lord took hold of me. The Lord led me. Before God took him to this place of hopelessness and sorrow and grief and pain, God took hold of him. And when you're going through the valley of hopelessness, the valley of loss, if you're a Christ follower, God is holding you and he'll never let you go. And there's some losses in this life that you will never get over until you get to heaven. But you will get through it because Christ will walk through it with you. He will make sure he will never let you go. He will hold you. Ezekiel says, he took hold of me. I just picture God just grabbing him up in his arms going, let's go. I'm gonna walk you around this valley. I'm gonna carry you around this valley and I'm gonna get you through this valley. You'll never have to walk through anything alone. In Matthew 5, 4, Jesus teaching the Beatitudes. I like the way the message paraphrase puts this. Jesus said, you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. When you feel like you've lost something so dear and it hurts you so deeply, that's when you can find the one who will never let you down. He'll always be there for you 
to comfort you and strengthen you. You may not get over the loss, but you'll get through it because of the one who will never let you go. But then there's a second thing. Dare to declare hope when things feel hopeless. God shows Ezekiel this valley of hopelessness. Then he asked him a question in Ezekiel 37, three. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. So God asked Ezekiel, do you think these bones can come alive again? I've just showed you this hopeless situation. Do you think that these bones can come alive again? And Ezekiel gives a really wise answer when you're feeling hopeless. He doesn't fake it and say, oh yeah, God, you're gonna raise all these bones up, it's gonna be great, it's gonna be amazing, I know you're gonna do it. No, he, he just honestly says, only you know, sovereign Lord. What a truthful, powerful answer when you're in the valley of hopelessness. And maybe that's what you need to say to God today about your situation. He says, do, do you think that this marriage can live again? Maybe what you need to say is only you know, sovereign Lord, I give it to you. I give it to you. Do you think this business can thrive again? Maybe you should say only you know, sovereign Lord. Do you think that dream can live again? Only you know, sovereign Lord, I give it to you. Only you know, sovereign Lord, I give it to you to do what you want in your time and in your way, how you wanna do it. I just give it over to you, I surrender it to you. When you're in the valley of hopelessness, you just need to surrender it over to God. Go, God, it looks hopeless to me, but I give it over to you because there's always hope with you. So I give it over to you to do what you want. And then God says to him, okay, here's what I want you to do. In Ezekiel 37, four and five, then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. So God says, I, I want you, you trust me with what happens, but here's your job. Obey me in this, here's your job. I want you to speak life over your loss. I want you to speak life over these dead bones. I want you to prophesy life in the valley of hopelessness, whether you feel like it or not. I want you to dare to declare hope when you feel hopeless. It's only when you feel hopeless that hope matters, but it makes all the difference. When you begin to declare hope in the valley of hopelessness, even if you don't feel it, you'll, God, it's in your hands, but I'm gonna do what you command. I'm gonna speak life. I'm gonna speak hope. I'm gonna prophesy life over this dead situation. I'm gonna prophesy hope over this hopeless situation. So what do you need to speak to today? What hopeless situation in your life do you need to speak life over? You need to speak hope into. We need to be speakers of hope in this world filled with hopelessness. When you speak hope in a world filled with hopelessness, you stand out. When you speak hope, people begin to listen because they're desperate for one drop of hope in our hopeless world. And that hope comes from Jesus Christ. And so he obeys, he speaks life over the dead situation. He speaks hope in this hopeless situation. In Lamentations 3.20, it says, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. 
Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. He's saying, I'll never forget this awful time. I will never get over this, but I'm gonna get through it with God's power because in the middle of this valley of hopelessness, I'm gonna dare to declare hope. I'm gonna dare to hope because I hope in him. I'm gonna speak hope whether I feel it or not. You see, hope has to be activated in the valley of hopelessness. You can only have hope when you're in the valley of hopelessness and it makes a difference. It changes everything when you choose hope when you feel hopeless. It's not about your feelings. It's about your faith in the God of hope. And when I say, God, it's in your hands, sovereign Lord. I don't know, it looks hopeless to me, but I'm gonna speak life over this. I'm gonna speak hope into this. I'm gonna speak into this valley of hopelessness, hope, because you're the God of hope, and I'm gonna dare to hope. I'm gonna dare to hope that it's going to change. I'm gonna dare to hope that you're gonna get me through because I know that your word is true. You do it how you want, when you want, Do it your way, God. I give it over to you, but thank you. I don't feel it. I don't see it, but I choose to hope. God commands us to speak hope over the dry bones in our lives. God commands us to speak hope and life over the dead places in our life. And that's what Ezekiel does. But then there's a third thing. I need to ask God to bring life into the broken places. I've got to ask God to breathe his life into the broken places of my life. You see, we usually wanna hide our brokenness and wanna act like we've got it all together, but it's only when we reveal our brokenness that God can bring life into our brokenness and turn it into blessedness. In Ezekiel 37, verse 14, God says, I will put my breath in them, bring them back to life, and let them live in their own land then they will know that I am the Lord. I have promised that I would do this, and I will, I, the Lord, have spoken. And by the way, Israel is the only nation on the face of the earth in human history that was ever disbanded as a nation. The people scattered everywhere and has now come back thousands of years later as a nation again, just as God said, because God's word is always true. His promises are always true. He's spoken. But he says, I want to put breath in them. I want to bring them back to life. God is telling Israel, if you'll give me all your brokenness, I'll breathe life into your brokenness. I'll breathe into you life. I'll breathe into you hope. I'll breathe into you passion. I'll breathe back into you joy. I'll breathe back into you purpose. You see, I need to ask God to breathe his life through his Holy Spirit into my emptiness. And if you're feeling empty today, If you're feeling hopeless, you're in a great place because all it takes is hope to take you from the valley of hopelessness to the mountain of hope. If you're feeling empty, that means you can be filled with God's hope. Just ask him to breathe into the broken places in your life and bring his healing. Ask him to breathe into your life, his Holy Spirit, and fill you up. You see, if you're empty, you can be filled. If you're full of yourself, if you're full of pride, If you're full of anything other than Jesus, then you can't be filled with Jesus. But when you're empty, you're empty. There's nothing left. When you feel empty, when you feel like you got nothing, that's when you can find the only one that matters. 
and he'll fill you up to overflowing. He'll fill you up. If you'll say, breathe into me, Holy Spirit, fill me up and heal the broken places in my life. I believe with all my heart, God wants to heal today some brokenness. Broken bodies, broken hearts, broken relationships, broken emotions. God wants to heal brokenness today because that's what he does. He breathes life into the broken places. But then in Ezekiel 37, 7, He says, so I I did what God said. I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. In the valley of death and hopelessness, Ezekiel begins to hear this rattling noise and it starts softly at first. And then it gets just a little louder and a little louder and a little louder. You see, it's the rattling noise of all those dry bones coming back together again. It's the rattling noise of all those bones coming back to life again. It's the rattling noise of hope. And it's this rattling noise of hope that begins to overcome the silence of hopelessness. And there is a silence to hopelessness. And maybe today, it feels like your life is surrounded by the silence of hopelessness. You once had a song of joy in your heart, but you've lost that song. And you can't hear anything now other than the silence of hopelessness. And it feels like the heavens are silent to all of your cries. You feel the silence of hopelessness deep within your heart. But I want you to listen with ears of faith because I hear the rattling noise of hope. Can you hear it? I hear the rattling noise of hope. Can you hear it? Listen, can you hear it? There's the rattling noise of hope that is rising up in the valley of hopelessness. There's the rattling noise of hope that is rising up with hope in your heart. It's rising up with joy in your heart. It's rising up with purpose. It's coming alive again. Those dry bones are coming alive again in your life. Those dry bones, they're coming alive. They're coming together. Jesus Christ rose again from the valley of death so that hope could rise again in your life because hope has a name and his name is Jesus Christ. Let's stand together and let's sing it because God wants to work a miracle in your life. I hear the sound. Do you hear it? Do you hear the sound of dry bones rattling in your life? Is God is bringing together that which has been broken, that which seems hopeless and hopes rising in your heart. Hope is worthless unless... You feel hopeless. That's when it matters. And hope matters today. It's all that matters because Jesus Christ is hope. It's all that matters. When our grandson Jude went to be with the Lord, we felt hopeless. We were walking through the valley of hopelessness. That's the way we felt, but we knew that we had hope in Jesus Christ. And we began to hear the rattling noise of hope rising up in our lives. We begin to hear the rattling noise of hope. Why? Because we were assured that Jude was in heaven and we would see him again. And there'd be no less days because of heaven, because of Jesus Christ and what he's done, providing a place in heaven. And heaven is real. 
And that rattling noise of hope kept rising up and getting louder and louder and louder as so many people keep coming to know Jude's Savior through his one day of life. Some of you know, just a couple of months ago, my father went to be with the Lord, and this is the first Father's Day that I've ever had in my life without my dad. And I just, you know, this morning I woke up, oh, I need to call my dad. And it just hit me. And so many of you are in the same situation. But I can tell you, there's hope. Because my dad is having the best Father's Day he's ever had. It was his, he's with his dad. And he's with his heavenly father. Because heaven is real. And there is hope. If heaven is not real, then there is no hope. But Jesus Christ is hope. And he made a way to heaven for us. And I'm so grateful for that. It changes everything. That's why this church is a house of hope. We will keep preaching hope in Jesus' name. We will keep lifting up hope to the hopeless because that's what this house is all about is a house of hope. And if you feel hopeless and you walk in here, you're gonna get some hope in Jesus Christ. You're gonna hear the hope of Jesus Christ and we pray that you experience the hope in Jesus Christ. This is a house of hope and this is a house of healing. This is a house of healing, why? Because we have a hope that heals and he wants to heal you. He wants to bring healing in your heart. He wants to bring healing in your life, in your relationships. He wants to heal the broken places that feel hopeless. And this is a house that points people to heaven. And that's why we have hope. There's so much more to life than just the here and now. We've got eternity. And it changes everything. And all those sorrows and all those teardrops and all the pain, all the hurt will be taken away in that place that is perfect. I'm so grateful for that. I want us to bow our heads right now, and if you've never received hope into your life, that hope has a name, Jesus Christ. If you've never received him into your life, just do it right now. Just pray this prayer silently to God. Dear Jesus, I need you. I need you to come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Without you, I am hopeless. I need you. Without you, I can't get to heaven. So I accept your free gift of heaven one day. I accept your free gift of salvation. Breathe your Holy Spirit into my life and fill me up and change me from the inside out and take me to heaven one day and be the Lord of my life. And Lord, I pray for every Christ follower here who's feeling hopeless, starting to lose hope, that you just fill them up with hope. To know that when it feels like all hope is gone, you're not gone. You're still right there, and you still have a plan, and you're going to see them through, and you'll never let them go. And Lord, I hear that sound. I hear that sound of those dry bones rattling. I hear the sound of hope. I hear the rattling noise of hope rising in our hearts, Lord, because you rose from the grave, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated, Woodlands Church. Well, now we're at the part of our service where we give back to God. But before we give, I just want to say, if you prayed to receive Christ and you're at home, just click that little hand there that says, I raised my hand to receive Christ. We want to know about that and rejoice with you in that. And so now we give back to God some of what he's given us. And as we give, we don't pass the offering basket anymore. So we give online or if you're here at 
one of our campuses. You can give at the generosity boxes on the way out, or you can give at wc.org slash give. wc.org slash give. And that's the way Chris and I do it. We have it set up to be recurring for our tithe. That it just comes out automatically because it's so important to us. It's so important that we put God first. And so I really encourage you to do that. You can do it on your smartphone. You don't have to just go to wc.org slash give. You can do it right on your smartphone right now. You can take it out and you can text the word give WC. You have to do it one word, give WC to 77977. Give WC to 77977. Or you can mail it into One Fellowship Drive to Woodlands, Texas, 77384. Doesn't matter how you give, as long as you give. And we can't all give the same amount, but we can all give something for God's glory. Because we want this house of hope to keep bringing hope to the hopeless. We want this house of healing to keep bringing the healing power of Christ to those who are hurting. We want this house that points people to heaven to keep pointing people to heaven. And that's what it's all about. And so as we give, let's give out of a heart of love and let's thank him because he wants to fill you with hope. In Romans 15, 13, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's my prayer for you, Woodland Church. That's my prayer for you, Woodland Church, that the source of hope will fill you completely with hope, knowing that he's gonna see you through. I want us to stand together, and this is gonna be our declaration, our closing song as we sing to the maker of heaven and earth, is making a way for you right now. Dear Lord, we come before you. We ask you to bless our giving, bless all those who are giving, Lord, and, and use it for your glory. Use it to keep meeting needs, to bringing physical, Lord Jesus, needs and, and meeting physical needs of people hurting, meeting spiritual needs, Lord, so they'll be in heaven forever. Just use it to meet needs and multiply it, Lord. Thank you that your word is true. We put you first and you provide. Where you guide, you provide. We thank you for that, Lord Jesus. We give in faith. We thank you, Lord, that you bless and you strengthen. And we thank you that you are the maker of heaven and earth who will make a way for us. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.